This is On The Chip, bringing you IndyCar. Formula One. Championship battle, but the championship can only be won by one, and it's going Dutch in 2021. NASCAR and so, so much more. Enjoy your time at On The Chip. Daniel Suarez from Mexico. <laughs> yes. Yes. Daniel Suarez. I called that. I got two of my calls this week. Daniel Suarez gets his first win in the Cup Series. Long awaited. Max Verstappen wins in Baku. The PK sisters get to both celebrate their boyfriends or husband or fiance winning this weekend. And then we also <laughs> had Lamar. So, yes, it's going to be a full episode. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Let's get into it, boys. How was your weekends? It's good. It's pretty good. I didn't do a whole lot, um, which was nice. Yeah. Not much. Mine was fucking awful. I had to work all week, and uh, I didn't get to watch any, like, barely any of the races. So I would not say I'm in a good, good weekend mood. Oh, what? That didn't sound cheery? (laughs) He just comes in. (laughs) My weekend was fucking awful. (laughs) Oh God! I mean, I spent all Saturday hungover at work, but you know, we're my here. apologies. We're I'm just on this lovely morning. I would say that I am on the chip. Would I say, so. dude? They said <laughs> that in the say. truck race. They said that in the truck race on <laughs> what Saturday. What are you saying? They're saying yeah. that all the time in the truck race. Andy Lally brought that shit to fruition in that race. <laughs> I love when Andy Lally calls races, though. Dude. So he's he's good on the road courses. If there's one guy they always need on the road courses, it's him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah, he does such a good job. It's fun listening to him talk to you. Like, he just knows so much what he's talking about. Andy Lally's one of those guys that's like, Oh, you wanted to do that? Well, I've been there and I did it. So, <laughs> let me tell you about it. Dude, the guy's a championship street luge racer. I don't know if, any, if you knew this. Yeah. Insane. Like, if you watch some footage of him, th- the guy is such a badass. Dude. That was the best part of the truck race because besides that, it was a shit show. We didn't need to go beyond beyond that. Kyle Bush won. There you go. Mm-hmm. That that's all that needs to be said. They're so awkward looking. Yeah. But those those vehicles just don't make sense to me at all. But I don't get it. The trucks I mean, on road courses look dude, weird. It's a, it's a NASCAR truck. That's yeah, that's it, the it, thing. They but don't like, make zero sense on a road course. It when looked like think- some like mutant baby, like taking its first steps, just all awkward and like, wow, oh, what am I doing? There's oh. been some good points about the truck series lately. With, I was watching um Ash Junior last week, and Dale Junior was like, "What's the what's the next year, uh, next five years for the Xfinity series?" Because apparently the truck series and the Cup series get the most manufacturer support from uh like each engine manufacturing so like Even ford trucks don't run separate engines they all run ilmore they all run ilmore but it's still yeah. the same type of support like i don't know that's what i heard yeah well there's no okay so the only like ford backed car is the 98 car wait we're we talking about like getting rid of the xfinity series no, no. so junior here's what He was asked a question like, what do you see? Where do you see the Xfinity series in five years? And he he goes, I don't know. It's kind of uncertain with 
the truck series definitely not going anywhere with how much manufacturer support that has. And with the cup series, obviously being the cup series, it's kind of like a playground for NASCAR to maybe introduce some new stuff, maybe with the cars, maybe with engine components, maybe with suspension ideas, maybe different parts, kind of like a reimagine, you know, like what, what if the Xfinity series was the first year NASCAR series with a hybrid element to it? It wouldn't be a bad place to try it. It wouldn't. Um, I think if they're going to make an electric series, they need to just make an electric series. Don't mess with one of the top three. Yeah. Yeah. I say, if anything, you make one of the, everyone's like, okay, we want more power back in the cars and everyone wants more horsepower. We have that, but it's still only 670. But imagine 670 horsepower with also a hybrid element to it. You could start talking back up to those F1 type speeds or, you know, that's going to be in two to three years. And that's, I mean, the Cup series is aiming to do that in like 24, 25. Last I heard, hopefully, I'm not going to talk about that, but that's that's what I last heard was they're looking for 24, 25. You know what this weekend was? The 24 hours of the mall. And do you know why this is a perfect segue for that? Because of hybrids. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. The new hypercars. Mm-hmm. It's it's working. Whatever the so hypercar regulation, I, Ferrari's back in it. A lot of manufacturers be, are coming dude, back. I well, want to doubt if there's like 23 manufacturers at Le Mans next year. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. So this is what's what I, I think is worth pointing out. Okay. You don't send somebody like Chad Knaus and Junin with Emza and all of the people that have been noted as I mean, developing. We're going to see Chad Knaus the next four weeks in the Cup Series. But Chad you know, Knaus we'll is the technical we'll director for. Yeah, yeah, he, you're going to be seeing more of him. But like, if he's the technical director of that program in that car, and Lamar was this past weekend, right? Like the 24 hours of Lamar was on. It was a pretty good race, but the spirit of like why certain races have stayed relevant in motorsports history. You have no idea how many things came from the 24 hours of Le Mans that we take for granted in our road cars every day. Three-point seatbelt, traction control, stability control, you name it. Like, those all came from that playground. So when you're somebody like NASCAR that's like, huh, well, we've sort of, like, told everybody you're not allowed to test anymore. So (laughs) we can either just, like, buy something off the shelf and throw it in the car and go, or we can go test it. And where could we go test for free for 24 hours than Le Mans? I really do think that they should have their own standalone electric series, but I think that they're going to start to look now. I think next year we're going to start seeing like tests on ovals with the hybrid system and a handful of different cars. So here's what I, I, here's what I think for an electric series. You don't go to a track bigger than New Hampshire or Dover. Oh, why? Cause that because you look at, you look at formula E you look at F1 even you look at even F2, a lot of their hybrid or electric components that build the horsepower in the car. So your ERS and stuff like that, that all comes from braking and off throttle time. If you go to tracks bigger than a mile, you're not going to be able to have that braking and off throttle time. Almost as if you, you're not going to be able to use that push to pass type yeah, element is the that's, fear. That's, I, don't, I don't think if they're going to ovals with this, they shouldn't go to tracks bigger than a mile. They're just well, not going to have the off throttle or braking time. Well, in if order they to go to that. a, if they, if yeah. you're saying a full electric series, you got to yeah. think that that same amount of 
wattage in the battery or whatever the life is of it will probably be in the same bar power ballpark as formula e and formula e well, already isn't that fast to begin with all right let me let me let me school you guys that's real quick on you need, yeah you need to they, they're gonna have to go to only road courses and tracks a mile or shorter well not necessarily so you're the energy density is what makes a battery powerful oh, right shit. because you have a certain amount of ounces of material and you can charge it and how many offset of electrons it can hold is hence how much electrical charge it can actually give off. Milliamp hour or amp hour is how you rate how long a battery can last. So you see MAH or like AH on a battery. Take a look like next time you replace them in your Xbox controller or something. It'll tell you the milliamp hour discharge of the battery. That's how long that battery can last giving off power. We have talked about it before, Chris, you and I, and I know Josh, you and I had talked about it at points in our lives. I do think that if they go full electric, there is no like caps on distances. I think you get the top three to buy in because the one thing that still doesn't exist and the reason why Toyota is the best at what they can do in mixing the two components of hybrid and electric power, as well as ICE, because at Lamar, you could see they had Glickenhaus beat at how they were recovering Absolute power. Destroyed. They had them smoked on how the programming was. If, if you're going to get somebody like Ford and GM to buy in, hot swaps. Remember me saying this, people. I said it here. A hot swap is with the it engine in theory running. Yeah. yeah. They used to jump out of one car and happen to another, strap in and go. Right. And now, well, so hot swaps is taking that battery out and putting a new battery in as you would refuel the car. But the problem with that, though, is you're unplugging a lead from that battery that's like crazy amounts of power behind it. And so how do you safely do that? Plus, <clears throat> it's like a, a tank of fuel that weighs, you know, 100 pounds, maybe ish, like 85 pounds when it's full. You're talking a battery that weighs probably in the neighborhood of like, I don't know, four or 500 pounds. But I think that's where they would have to go if you want to see an electric series. They'd have to be able to perfect hot swaps, which we still haven't even seen at Le Mans. Toyota hasn't even really been able to touch that, it. That's why I think that you can't do these races on ovals, not road courses. Road courses, you can go you go run Road America. Like, you you go run VIR. Look at the Indy whatever you want to yeah. run. That's why I don't think if they do this electric series, they shouldn't go to tracks or ovals bigger than a mile. Because like we were saying, like, like and I know, I'm backtracking and I'm saying the same thing over again. But <laughs> Formula E, it's all built off of how much can you be on the brakes and how much can you be off the throttle in order to create those speeds when you're on the throttle. Right. It would bring in People, an interesting element. And I think, yeah. honest to God, next year with IndyCar is going to be the true tell-all. Next year with IndyCar and having the hybrid, it, it's going to be the same ideology that you know NASCAR would be looking, I would think, to what they're already doing in Indy with the off-the-shelf NASCAR, unit from McLaren. I feel like NASCAR and IndyCar are working more hand-to-hand than people know. Like it's just it's just purely speculation that I'm saying because I get this vibe that they're working together more than people know when it comes to this new oh, yeah. when it comes to their oh, yeah. next era of engines on both sides. Yes. No, I totally agree. Well, because Chevrolet is going to also have the Indy car and also the <clears throat> also have the Cup car too, and plus if if ERS is being brought in NASCAR, I would assume Toyota probably has a good cho- chance. They probably like mm-hmm. that. I, I know just it's about very to say, different vehicles, but I mean, the ideology of recovery, depending on track, well, should be technically the same. What What's going to play into it more than anything, as we 
kind of wrap up on the mall because it was a relatively uneventful race. Corvette got some bad luck for the one LMP two car, absolutely losing all talent ever. Oh yeah. Holy yeah, shit, that, dude. That Holy going three shit. wide, that was a, such a, just a that poorly so timed That was early, move. too. But there's a reason that Le Mans is so much more badass than Daytona, and that's because there are places at the track where there is no light. There is zero lighting at all. Even the marshals don't know what the hell is going on. Like, imagine standing next to the freeway in the middle of the night, you know, and you know streetlights for miles and miles. That's basically what it's like through there. So, I mean, 220 yeah, miles like an that. hour freeway. Basically, Come yeah. Come drive down and I-94 so, when you get out of the city. You'll, yeah. see, you'll see no lights on the freeway. You'll see no lights on the freeway, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was unfortunate because uh, I really felt for Corvette. That was the one thing that will take away from this. I Poor expect Jordan. Corvette now to just basically destroy everybody at IMSA when they get back because they they got straight out robbed. That sucked, dude. They had a dude, mechanical failure that took out to the... IMSA and be like, we're about to donk all over you. Yeah. Daddy's home is in a bad funny. mood. <laughs> it's dude, and Jordan, Jordan Taylor's going to be like, I got a possible Lamar win. I'm going to, yep. I'm going to destroy all of you. <laughs> like I felt for him. I felt yeah. for him. Oh, that was pain. Mm. But yeah, that was, that was Lamar. Um, obviously the Toyota's won. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah, Glickenhaus stood. Oh, I mean, dude, Toyota has not lost the last like five Lamas. Yeah, but it's also like the I. I'm also I will say this. I'm very happy with LMDH and Hypercar because it's brought something back to Lamar that was severe. I mean, I feel like everyone kind of forgets how bad of a state Lamar was in after before COVID. Like. If you remember, who was the only LMP one? It was only Toyota. They were yeah, the and only. I, I don't expect Hypercar to stick around. If we're being, if we're going to talk about this too, I don't think Hypercar is going to stay. LMDH is the formula that's sticking around. LMDH is what makes sense. LMDH that's, that's is not going to be it. That's going to be the Hypercar class. Is that yeah, that's right? But be the... you're, you're, they're saying a spec P2 chassis against a fully ground up engineered chassis with way more sophisticated and advanced hybrid systems. What we see right now for hypercar is a completely, you're basically going to see them BOP. Imagine your power handicap. Well, their power rather than them be insane next year. I just think rather, I think it CJ, correct me if I'm wrong. I think they go off of the amount of downforce produced on the car and the um, drag on the car for your boundaries in the rules rather than, having X amount of power, X amount of this, the way that you so, design your car and the way that you make they took it NASCAR's well. rule. Yeah. They, they, this is why this is so exciting as an American to be seeing this, because I remember very vividly when the merger first happened, it was the Tudor, Tudor United Sports Car Challenge. Um, like the, the two, when they came together, what NASCAR has done with the Gen 7, right? The next gen car is exactly that. That's how they opened up all the, you know, the ability for teams to make them look more aesthetically pleasing. They're like, okay, we're going to give you a drag coefficient, which is why it wasn't the end of the world when they told Ford you needed to change the nose before Daytona. Take that same principle, that same design philosophy, and carry it over to something like Lamar. However, the one point of contention that I make with you is that you still only have, I think it's four chassis manufacturers for LMDH. You're building it off of an existing P2 chassis. So think of IndyCar with the aero kit wars. Remember those days, like 2015-ish days? That's basically what I think you're, you're going to start to see 
happening in LMDH to the point where it's not like you run out of designs, you start running out of manufacturers that, you know, everybody wants to join. Everybody wants their car to look, you know, crazy, ridiculous, cost a lot less. I expect to see Ferrari to probably ditch the hypercar effort completely as soon as they can and just go LMDH. That's just my theory. I don't think I don't think you can take hypercar and slow them down so much that now all of a sudden they're comparable to an LMDH car when you could just get rid of hypercar completely and get rid of some of the technology in the series and let it go from there. Well, also, I don't see that happening for a long time. You won't see that happen in 10 years. I think with how much manufacture, how many people have already committed to it doesn't matter. Well, that's what I'm saying is right now, next year, you're going to see hypercar and LMDH as two separate classes. Mm. They're not competing directly against each other. But I do think that LMDH is going to take over hypercar. I think that's going to become the premier series. We'll find out. We'll see. It's just a formulation. It's not taking away manufacturers. Yeah. Uh, Do you guys want to go on a little road trip to Road America? Talk about it. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I did I get uh, the first of my picks down for the weekend? What a shit show of a start of a race. Yes, I'm eating my mic. What a shit show of a start of a race, dude. You want to talk about like absolute calamity? That entire first 10 laps was just, I don't know. I, I think they watched a truck race the night before. Because like, what the fuck? That was <laughs> like, bad. Tatiana Calderon runs into Jimmy Johnson because, you know, well, she's not good. I'll say it. She's just not good. I don't know why she's out on a track. Mm-hmm. They restart. They get back going again. Then you have Marcus Erickson send it down the inside of Alex Pillow and it takes him <laughs> out because it completely destroys his toe links. He's still feeling that was- win from Indy. He's still feeling that win. He was feeling yeah. a little bit confident when he went on to the move to Pillow, but yeah, that was you know, what I was thinking Pillow- at first. Dude, you know yeah, how I was like, oh, he's I wonder if he talked to Grosjean afterwards and was, and was like, I think Erickson hit us. <laughs> <laughs> the memes that came from that were truly just top notch. Top tier. The same lap, VK gets shoved off the track, like a couple of t- corners later, and yeah, then we it, finally get back going again. And then a crash afterwards. You have De- Devlin DeFrancesco absolutely be a fucking moron. <laughs> I thought we were gonna see Will Power come back out into like his like double bird stage, like all yeah. over. <laughs> Dude, what the I, hell was that? When, when I saw, so I was not able to watch the full IndyCar race. But Chris puts in the chat that Devlin D. Francesco just destroyed. <laughs> Destroys willpower was the funniest text I've seen all day because honestly, he violated him. He's quite he's, respectfully. Devlin D. Francesco and fucking Jimmy Johnson are literally on the same pace. If you watch the races, they are always <laughs> either in front or behind. Devlin DeFrancesco wants this to be his career. Jimmy Johnson is fucking retired. Like, he's not retiring. He's got too much money to listen to you. I think. Either that or go to IMSA. Go to IMSA, Jimmy. Well, I mean, if you guys want to talk about Ganassi driver market change, I mean, there's been some rumors that VK is going to go to Ganassi. Yeah, there's also some rumors that Pelot might go to McLaren, be in a third car. Which would be so weird. I don't know yeah. why he would leave. Ganassi I don't think right they'll now. let him do that. I don't, I don't think I mean, they'll let that happen. Dude, like, I mean, Scott Dixon's also a free agent technically right now. 
True, but like he will contract never... ends at the end of this year. I doubt he goes anywhere. I mean, why yeah. would he? But I also think he's having a slower season than we've seen him have in the past five years. Yeah, he hasn't been there. He no. really hasn't. Like, he's always been this year only like a sixth to third place car. He he finished podium at Detroit, but he was nowhere at Walking or at Road America. Yeah. Well, yeah. he can get he's really good at like saving fuel. He's good for setting up a good strategy, but if he doesn't he have is. the car, he won't he won't be able to do much with it. Mm-hmm. But yes, CJ, you did get your pick right after he dominated the race. I almost got mine right. Pull up there. Rossi was he was on a mission. Throughout how the day Rossi went, there was a Rossi moment. No, he doesn't. I, no. You could tell by the way he was racing Herta. You know, some of the moves that he made, he was just dirty blocking him as if to be like, yeah, well, we're not teammates anymore, which is sad because that tells me the Alex Rossi that I didn't want to see is just going to be there at McLaren still. And then he'll burn out and fade away and whatever. Yeah. I know we'll get later on in the, the event, how the events went down yesterday in America, obviously was different, but for a moment in time, I thought I had all of my picks possibly for the weekend. I thought I got all three of them for a split second. Yeah. Same. Appreciate that. Ferrari Thank you, Joseph. Shit. Yosef. <laughs> <laughs> Ferrari engines are shit. Oh, no. We'll Don't get there. get me started. Oh. We'll get there. Let's get into it, boys. Baku. Azerbaijan. 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 Uh, well done, Baku. Well done. Well done, Baku. Well done, Baku. I like that track. I don't know where the hell. This is probably the calmest race we've seen, but it was still chaotic for for F1 standards. Baku always delivers. It always delivers. It's the layout of the track. It's long, fast straightaways. It's one of the most, like, like, uncharacteristic, but, like, very challenging tracks. Honestly, like, with how much like the workload on the drivers during the lap to change your brake bias for each corner is actually kind of insane. I was watching a onboard telemetry of Alonzo. He changed his settings 15 times during one lap at Baku. That's too much. <laughs> that's too much for a driver to be for. That's not even balance, driving his brake balance, his torque, his mid um, mid corner uh, diff op speed, whatever he was a gen, uh, adjusting that too and it was like kind of crazy i before we go too far into it oliver piastri who chris do you love oscar. your australian drivers oscar like, yeah. oscar i'm sorry oscar oscar piastri. Of, uh, just get crucified you're thinking uh, of oliver um, ask you maybe oliver ask you yeah might have been but anyway there's rumors that he could end up in a uh a reno or Al- Alpine, no. But who would have to look, who would leave? I don't think it's going to happen next year. I don't think it happens. They're talking if, about it. I don't I don't think it will because I think Fran- Fernando's liking this too much. Yeah, he wants to be in there for like another two so? or three years. I mean, hey, it doesn't matter. that. I mean, a valid Alpine point. could just as easily be like, oh, you wanted that? That's nice. Yeah, but then, but then Fernando's also going to go, <laughs> you want my money still? Or my talent, dude. Or do my you know talent? how much he drags up that fucking Alpine? Esteban Ocon finished tenth, while he at least Alonso finished seventh yesterday. I mean, that's insane. I mean, it makes you wonder, right? That fifteen times you're changing set settings in a lap is that because he knows like right away what changes he wants in the car every single time he touches any of the inputs, 
Or is that because that's what it takes to drive that car? Is that really what Alpine is banking on is there? This is how you have to pilot this machine to be competitive with it. Well, if you watch any actual fast Formula One driver, and I was watching an interview with Lewis Hamilton, and he said that there's an optimum feel for each corner. And you can adjust that every single lap with brake bias, differential settings, your torque, stuff like that. So when I watch a driver, and if they're not adjusting a lot on the steering wheel, depending on the track, I mean, you can kind of tell if they're not maximizing the full potential out of their car. Because as as many times as you have taken a corner in racing, CJ or Chris, and you've taken a corner, you're like, man, that feels like shit. Well, an F1 car is sophisticated enough where you can just change that with the straightaway, hopefully. And if it still feels like shit, then. And that's why they do it is because then you hop into your, you know, S63, Black Series, whatever, and it changes thousands of times per second to change that feel, that damper setup. So the, the car is comfortable because it's always adapting. That's interesting. That it was 15 times a lap. I didn't realize it was that much, but I could see it. But I dude, mean, yeah. he, I will say also it's exemplified just how hard these things are to drive. Sebastian Vettel, can we just talk about the save that he had where he outbroke himself and he had that car turned around and going the right way again. And like they timed it. It was like three and a half seconds. It was the equivalent of an extra stop. They put it. And it was, it was so Lando that did that. It would have taken him 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Lando, Ferrari, can't, though, man. Lando can't turn around a car to save his life. It looks like good Lord. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Ferrari though. I think they have a serious valve train issue because yeah, Ferrari's not... engines changed four times in the race. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I was listening to that really intently, like trying to hear the in-car camera really closely. And it sounded as though the, when those motors both quit, there was nothing there was not really much fire. There wasn't a whole lot of smoke, whatever. Something, in, it sounded like the valve train broke. Like you could hear, like oh, what it sounded to me, like the classic when a valve hit a piston. on all four. If I remember correctly, I think they said hydraulics on all four. And when they say hydraulics, I mean, granted, this is a very grotesque way to describe it, but you, you only have a handful of hydraulic systems in the car. <laughs> grotesque? The fuck does that mean? You don't know what grotesque <laughs> means? You grotesque fuck. <laughs> you know, I'm so sorry to anyone watching this who is the same amount of dumb as me because I have no fucking clue what the half of his vocabulary is. We all possess dumb, but no one's stupid. Just so as it's not dumb a, as you're stupid as I am. <laughs> we are certainly on the chip today, boys. Yeah, we are certainly on grotesque. the chip. We are. Chip. Grotesque means like I was going to say obtuse, but I don't even think you realize that you are obtuse, Joshua. Um, <laughs> you thick fuck. Um, I, they say hydraulics. It doesn't necessarily mean that could mean oil. That could mean a lot of different things. You know, they, they could play semantics. You could say your fuel system is hydraulics in a, in a lot of ways. Like if you were using it to physically move something. So, I mean, it, they do have the um, you know, gearbox, and I believe teams use a hydraulic actuated gearbox, so that could also be it too. Um, but yet, yeah, it, it sounded like kind of how the Red Bulls did in the beginning of the season when they just like you could tell there was so much detonation from that fuel that you, they burned through something and the engine just exploded. And they both did it at the same time, which you know they're running the same limits on it. But it was a really good race, dude. I liked that race from Baku. It did deliver again. I thought George Russell had a shot for a second. I really thought that leaders would end up taking each other out. 
I think the biggest takeaway from the weekend was Lewis Hamilton trying to get out of his car after the race with how bad the porpoising was. I thought that was pretty, I mean, like, I think this, like the porpoising issue can get engineered out and I'd have to see for next year. Yeah, that was not going to slow down some cars. I hope that they put active suspension in the car. I hope that that happens. I have no problem with it. I think that they, I think you could. And here's why. Because when it first came out, it, it, well, that's the thing is it's going to affect the racing. However, I raise you guys this point to think about, you know, for as this, because in the next few weeks, I expect to see something going on. No, you good. They're coming to take you. Fuck. I don't know, dude. Like there's just helicopters flying low. Oh like shit! The blades, like, go, like the shadow of the blades go through my window just now. Like, they're they're actually coming for you for your Devlin D for Chesco hate earlier. So I called the cops on you for that. My bad. <laughs> oh, anyway, geez. sorry, I completely. No, it's okay. I. It's funny because I have so I live you know not far from the hospital, so I'll always these podcasts are recorded. But, but, like it completely derailed by like random ass sirens going off. So like you seeing helicopters, I think is probably the reason I actually look at them. Um, but what I was going to say was like, okay, when active suspension first came out in the eighties, right? Nobody was building cars like that. Only a handful of people were even really like messing with that concept. Like Williams, we just said, really nowadays it's, it's 2022. I mean, like this is stuff that they could pull something off the shelf and give to teams. They all make them. You could have BMW build it. BMW is not even in the series and they're not affiliated with anybody in the series by any stretch with any of them, right? BMW is its own entity. BMW could build an active suspension. That's one of the other rumors that I have seen swirling around on social media and whatnot. And I first heard it and I was like, that's preposterous. Mercedes would never have a BMW part bolted in. But what if those, so did the Ferrari, so did the Renault, like, or Alpine, I gotta stop saying that. It would just be a manufactured. I mean, the way I would hope that, maybe I don't know. See, because it's just not head, the same like exotic thing as it was when it first came out. Well, I think in my head, right? You want, if you want, like active suspension. There is that thing where it's driver safety versus like entertainment, and I think like if you make that good compromise of an idea like you, where they outsource the parts from BMW and they say, "Hey, make us twenty of these, all the same." or actually probably more like 60 of these all the same, send them out to the teams. They aren't, they won't be able to adjust them. Maybe have the software inside, just lock them just so they can only adjust right. their height for the pro for the porpoising, right. like their actual using of the, diffuser. it would be like a, a, a basically like a firewall blocking software, right? That's how yeah. you would police that. That's how the only way you could police that because you have to have input setting back and forth. There are ways that you can measure and officiate this. Right. So if it means that you don't have to see Lewis Hamilton and clear pain like that, I have a spinal injury, man. Like it's not fun. Like it, it, you feel that for the rest of your life. And that's the one part where this is, you're starting to see why racing is inherently dangerous too. Yeah. The teams could be slowing them down, but the guys are just still strapping in running. Well, and that's the thing too. It's like, as a driver, you know, CJ, anyone who has ever competed in racing knows, like if they, if they tell you something like, Hey man, this shit's going to bounce you're not going to say no and get out of the fuck. Like, no, I mean, dude, I'm here. I'm ready. No matter what happens, I'm sending it. Like it doesn't matter. We're stupid. We're pretty stupid. (laughs) And you know, yeah, fairly dumb, but also like Lewis probably didn't start feeling that pain until like lap 10 of like a, Oh, that just sounds like hell. 
Oh, that yeah. long of a race with those long of stretch. I mean, it looked. I don't violent. care how badly the cars get ruined or look weird or whatever. I just don't want to see them getting hurt like that. It's not exactly. necessary. So, my big thing that a lot of people said, and I already heard you guys mention something about ride height. I was like, I was letting CJ go all, go on nerdy there because you know, big brain, big brain CJ. No, it's fine, dude. Yeah. It's good. It's good to hear that. It's Beta good to hear mind your engineering degrees actually. You know, be worth something on the podcast. Um, right. <laughs> Brain got a poop. <laughs> Brain got a poop. <laughs> but uh, so one thing that's been said a lot was a lot of people were like, "Well, just take take the L this year and raise the ride height." Like, yeah, it sucks, but okay. you're gonna have to raise your ride height if you want to try to counter this. Yeah, but the whole thing is, most teams, if if they knew about porpoising early in their development. They, a team like Ferrari, Red Bull, they already know where that limit is. That's why they're so far ahead. A guy like Aston Martin, Mercedes, maybe they weren't, you know, I, I, I don't know how porpoising kind of snuck up on everyone like that. I mean, because even this weekend, the Your Ferrari fuel was porpoising even worse. It's the fuel yeah, load. The, Fer- the Ferrari porpo- is porpoising way worse, but also it doesn't affect the drivers as much, it seems like. So they found a way to counter the porpoising in terms of for the driver's safety where Mercedes hasn't done that. True, but you got to think about the two drivers for them. I mean, who's the two people complaining about porpoising the most? Lewis Hamilton and George Russell. Who hasn't said shit about it? The four guys who are winning almost every week. Yeah. So, I mean, like... They're experiencing it. Everybody has to deal with it. it. And unfortunately, it comes down to also where the rules are at right now. You'd have to rewrite the rule book. Lewis is like... Not getting younger. Exactly. But to be fair, thing. you don't hear Alonzo or Seb really complaining about it. I think they kind of know better. I think they also are of that generation, right? Where like they raced with no halo. They raced Indy 500s with no aero screens. Like they, they were some of the last true like, hey, yeah, tonight, today could be the day. And Seb's if it's also not. race like a million different cars. So is Alonzo. Yeah. Tons of different Lewis stuff. Lewis hasn't. Like, right. No, he hasn't. So, yeah, but it was cool. It, I, I thought it was. He drove that NASCAR, and he drove not in a competitive driving. setting. Not in a competitive setting. One but last, also, Fernando and he, Seb raced in competitive settings in many different cars. When did Seb mm. race last in not in Formula One? Race he raced a lot of. Yeah, he did race. He does race champions a lot. He does a lot of. Um, but yeah, race of champions. Stuff. It's an exhibition, but like an actual racing series, like how Fernando went and ran Indy and ran Lamar and ran all that. I don't think Seb's done that. Well, well he does a lot of like development of season. Seb's been in F1, but on off weekends and stuff, he is racing in competitions. I have not heard of it. Yeah, yeah, look into it because I I can't remember off the top of my head, but like he is, he, he does is race. Somebody that he does race other. Yeah, 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 but. I will say one more thing. I am so glad that they did not pull in. Was that Gasly that had the DRS not open? No, it was, was Sonoda. It was Sonoda. It was Yuki. No, they did pull Sonoda. him in, and then they put tape on the wing. Which <laughs> I loved. That was perfect. They disconnected the linkage, so the flap couldn't work anyway. And yeah. it's funny because I heard, uh, I think it, I forget who the, uh, the, the commentator was that had said it, but they had said, like, with those speeds, I don't trust tape like that. And it's like, dude, do you know why we call that 200-mile-an-hour tape? That's aluminum tape. It's aluminum foil with adhesive on the back of it. That shit's not going anywhere. Did you walk to the racetrack or did you fly? Because if you flew, I promise you that tape is on the plane you flew on. 
I promise you. I love that they kept the simple solution for F1 where they would normally be like, oh, pfft, retire the whole car. He doesn't have the same advantages at a disadvantage, but he's not a danger. Yeah, no, we can't have that. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Dude, F1 brought out their best inner redneck NASCAR brains. And just like, oh, just put tape on it. We'll be good. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. $100 million F1 teammate worth shit. Speaking of NASCAR, that's why they that that's why I say that's why I say F1 the F1 crews are just a bunch of sophisticated rednecks. All right, yes, they sir. all work on cars and they're all chugging beers after the races. They're a bunch of sophisticated rednecks. Let's be well, real here. See, my <laughs> thing between a NASCAR join a pint and chugging a beer. <laughs> I see the thing is like F1 pit crews. They're cool, and it's really cool. They can change tires in two two seconds. But I think. NASCAR pit crews are way more badass than actual F1 team. Well, speaking of NASCAR, I I think I Man, deserve he wants to piss one and a half. <laughs> yeah, he's, he shows violence this morning, huh? Does this count as one and a half picks? Because I said last week I chose Chastain, but I said it was no, going to be a track house card no matter this what. Weekend, all right, you had enough fun. <laughs> hey, hey, the first weekend where I got him pretty much right, I thought that was a fluke. Here I am. Fluking again. Dude, I don't <laughs> even remember up. who I picked last week. I don't think we ever posted the picks. I did not post it. I got caught up doing other shit all week. I, I didn't. But, uh, I, um, here we go. I'll tell you everyone's picks from last week. Wait, hang on. I had another note going. I had to switch notes. So, Josh, you took Pillow. <clears throat> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I, CJ took New Garden. I took Rossi. Damn. Uh, in F1, you took Max. CJ oh, took Russell. Hey. I took Perez. So we got the podium. Yeah, we basically got the podium. <laughs> yeah. And then our stayaways, Josh, you took Chastain. CJ, you took AJ. And I took Bubba. That worked out pretty well for Bubba me. Bubba worked I mean, out pretty well. Even though yeah, I felt yeah. bad for him. Stay away I from Bubba's motor, at least. Yeah, yeah, stay away from Bubba's motor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch that engine, boy. <laughs> Dude, I... What was it? Um, oh, I forgot what group chat it was in, but like everyone was just like, oh my God, is Suarez going to win? And I'm like, everyone shut the fuck up. Like, don't change don't this, about bro. It. Don't talk about it. Yeah. It's like, all of you I just not just lose the game. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Sonoma. Daniel Suarez. From Mexico. Yo, I think it's done. <laughs> Daniel Suarez from Mexico. One of the most feel-good wins of Oh, all my God, dude. That was, was so nice happy. to see him, like, actually that excited. Because I was so genuinely happy. so happy. I will say, probably ever since Coda of this year, I've seriously looked at Daniel Suarez as a really complete driver. I How mean, many starts did it take him? It took him... He's been in since 2017. Because he took over Carl. It took him like six years. You know, I'm going to do a flashback to... That's uh, why you're here, Josh. I'm going to do a flashback to uh, the podcast that I was doing before this with Troy. You know, a NASCAR hotspot podcast for those that know. Fucking. In 2020, I said when Suarez was racing that 96 car, I was like, dude, we got to keep looking at Suarez. Like, be on the hype train, guys. It's going to happen. Like, one of these days, it's not going to happen this year because, you know, he's in a car that runs a lap down each week. But look at what he's doing in that car. He's going to yeah. do it one day. Well, in the sure fact enough, that... Sure enough, it finally happened. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that 
uh, if you look at what last year Trackhouse was, was basically a fourth RCR car. I mean, with what he was able to do, I mean, he was able to get top 15, top 10 in the old car, which I feel like is something you got to preface because like the old car, like, dude, the sport back then, good cars, they were all, it was all money. I mean, listening and, and watching, like it was the same 13 teams. You could have a five, like a surprise guy running in the top 10. But now with the next gen, I feel like the yeah, equate of passing stuff like that, like they're all so equal. It's like either that little bit easier of, well, hey, we basically all have the same car or that little bit harder of, hey, wait, we all have the same car. How the fuck? Who's going to find the max of the car? Who's, you know, who's going to really set the pace in the car and actually like be able to extract it? And I think Daniel Suarez and Ross Chastain have done a good job at kind of playing both of those. I think good job to Justin Marks and Pitbull for creating an environment that will let them do that. We've said yeah. this week after week, you know, that, that the environment and the vibe that they have there is so different. You know, I think reminding that you're two, two, to your two drivers, like you guys are not racing for your seat next year or even the year after that. Okay. Like you're, it's okay. Don't yeah. think about that. I just want you to go out and do your job and run hard. And as a driver, that's everything. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of times where you get up through the, the really cutthroat, like a Brandon Varney, right? It's incredibly competitive to try and move up through the ranks. And if you've watched Suarez move up through the ranks, he's been like, you know, the musical chair for really almost every season, the last handful of seasons. Now he's spent two seasons in one car where it didn't feel like somebody had like a gun to his head to perform or get out. You know, like it's, yeah. it's exciting to see that they're doing that with those kind of drivers. It would be rad to see them continue that as a driver development role and now fully become like, Hey, you could end up with the top flight team or. So, so here's what I got to ask you. Mm-hmm. Are we going to see Suarez be unleashed like Chastain has been? Yes, that Are was going to be see my a hot take. Different Suarez now that he's won a race. I don't. He's know. my pick next week. He's your pick next week. We're not even racing this coming week. Right. I know. Okay. That's why I said next okay. week, <laughs> not this week. Next week. Okay. <laughs> Trying to catch me up, boy. <laughs> I did my home. I got a pen and paper here. You see it? <laughs> you want to go to war, Sosa? <laughs> Saint John. <laughs> Go to court. Yeah, we, I am extremely happy, Suarez. He's going to get more than one win this season now because he figured out how to put it all together. That was, dude, that's what happened dude, in the Xfinity series, you wanna, man. You want, you, want, you want to hear an insanely hot take? Ready for yeah. this shit? I'm ready for both of you just just be like, you're an idiot. Trackhouse, one, two, three at the Glen. I think I that's know. totally <laughs> awesome. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to feel about that one, you know? I don't know. I mean, because, like, dude, as much as I love Kimi Raikkonen, and I, I'm a really big Kimi Raikkonen guy. But the thing is, like, Kimi Raikkonen hasn't even stepped foot in a NASCAR track in, like, 10 years. I Like, he's a GOAT. These He'll get a top 15. so much different than NASCAR's ever been before. But, dude, it, okay. But also, Watkins Glen, if you want to look at it from a very objective step, what's the – if there's actually the best shot for Kimi, it is probably at Watkins Glen because of how well everyone knows the track but also i don't know i don't think i don't think kimmy goes in and wins his first race no i'm not saying he wins i don't think I'm he even gets he in wins. top three i think it could be top three 2022 kyle larson versus 2022 kimmy raikkonen who's winning i'm going kyle larson it was an interesting race i i did like that it seemed i heard guys talking about dirty air a bit 
which is pretty interesting because usually Sonoma was one of those tracks that was regarded as like, you know, you, you don't have enough speed for arrow. And I'm really the glad S's. they put the shoot back in. I like that layout. That's NASCAR to the me. The S where, was where the dirty air was. Yeah. yeah. It was all where the dirty air was. Well, I mean, and even in the old car, you would still get kind of like a little bit of a nose push no matter what. I don't think it was. I don't think it was. I just no, think personally. I, I want, no, that's that's wrong. I'm going to just flat out tell you that's wrong because they didn't have the diffuser and they didn't have the same flat floor. So now it makes sense because with this car, we just talked about F1 raising ride heights. This is why they don't want to do that because you still see them picking up the corner of the car, which means you're now arrow loading the side of the car that's staying to the ground because that half of the diffuser is staying you know, fed with air. It has to keep having air come through it. That wasn't there before. I mean, you get a nose push, I think, because of just how like nose heavy the cars were and how they would interact as long, hot green flag runs. Never has there been this much aerodynamic dependency on the car as a whole. So that that I have to disagree with you with. I think that it's truly because of the diffuser and what they have on the car now. Speaking of the diffuser, they're mm. actually talking about um, there's there's talks going on with NASCAR for them to use a flat floor like they did at Bristol because they didn't they didn't run the diffuser at Bristol they ran a flat full they ran a flat mm -hmm. floor right yep. so they're thinking of doing that at the short tracks would make sense so i think hopefully it would eliminate a lot of sense. what happened at Martinsville yeah 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 uh, that's exactly the point right like you, you never like... saw a race at Martinsville yeah, yeah, we never need another Martinsville again. That was that was still the worst race of the year, yeah. by far. See, because it's just it's see, it was weird yesterday because at, remember at Martinsville there was no tire fall off. You couldn't do anything with whatever. But then you leaned on we the still air. Had, to... But yesterday Sorry. we still had tire fall off. Well, yeah, and... it was a road course. So road but, courses run way different. I mean, road course is way different, of course. But I'm just saying, you would think with that tire, you know where you would be able to actually okay this guy's gonna start getting a little bit loose off the corners off the exits and that's where guys can actually make the run to go get them in the turn in five or four we saw it more on entry than we did exit we saw a lot yeah. of guys using too much rear brake i mean look look at the end of the Kyle race Bush. we saw Kyle Busch spin out yep we saw Chastain spin out at one point we saw Eric Jones spin out twice like we saw numerous guys spin out yesterday all all in turn seven I think because, Tony Stewart had the best quote saying that Kyle Busch's talent uh, was not giving up before his tires did. I thought that was really funny. Tony Stewart's, funny. <laughs> Tony Stewart's a funny guy, all right? Tony he Stewart is, really, is really good in the booth. I mean, the way that he, like, describes... And then, honestly, and another thing we have to talk about, this is the last race for Fox NASCAR. Can I get a holla fucking Louia? Hallelujah. Maybe oh I'm the only God. one that's going to miss it then. I don't know. I, I like the it. only person I can't miss stand is Mike the Joy. Fox. Everything has become so cringe. Nothing's funny anymore. Okay. Hang on. I retract that. There's like two commentators that'll make the races funny. Don't and it's when Tony Stewart is in the booth and it's when everyone shits on Clint Boyer. Yep. Besides that, I'm a I'm a I'm gonna bring a hot take. I'm gonna bring a hot take in this and let me know. Are you in the booth next year? No, I think this weekend with Clint Boyer not being in the booth, the Frogs broadcast was way better. Yep, all 100 Because when you think about it, you have to think about it. So the last six years they've had Jeff Gordon, uh DW, obviously Clint Boyer changed for 2020, but they had DW and Mike Joy. But after before that, they had Larry McReynolds. DW and Mike Joy. 
the way that those bought broadcasts were run, if you remember watching a 2015 like race, uh, Fox race, they weren't bad coverage. It was never bad coverage. But well, ever since 2022, ever since this year, Clint Boyer has been just like, I think the one kind of bringing it down. I, I can't so. stand Mikey anymore either. Mike mm. No, Mikey. Michael Walter. Oh, yeah, Michael Walter. That's getting I tough. I can't stand him anymore. Something, Yeah, something's going on with him. Yeah. Something is... Uh... I liked Kenny Wallace in the booth. Hey, Wallace! I can love Kenny Wallace. I, I liked Kenny record. Wallace. Where was he in the booth? St. Louis. Oh, I didn't watch. See? Dude, was that it was good. That, was yeah, that I was going to say, he's got a fair out. We'll give you a fair out. Yeah. That was... But it was really good. And so I, I think that I agree with you. I mean, I, I know that for me, right, I'm the kind of like engineering driver personality side of things in my like background in motorsports to this podcast. But you two are the ones that are the aspiring broadcasters. And I'll put it both to you. Like, the, I think the reason that the races were so much fun to watch back then had nothing to do with the cars and had nothing to do with the on-track action. Fight me. Like, I don't think that's what made those broadcast classics. I think it was just that chemistry of... Mike Joy and Daryl Waltrip being friends and Daryl and Larry Mack being like old time buddies. Like they're three guys that had known each other for decades longer than they actually were up in the booth together, but their personalities fit. You know, that's, 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 I see that's, that's why. And they were successful. I think that's a big thing too. When Mike Joy retires, because it's inevitable. (laughs) Adam Alexander and Jamie Mack. I'd rather see Jamie Little. I'd rather, I'd rather see Jamie Little as a, as an anchor. I can't stand Adam Alexander through the Xfinity broadcast, let alone a cup race. Oh no, just fucking. Sad. I want to see Jamie Little. She already does Arca. I think it's about she time there's a female Arca. lead. I'm gonna be honest with that too. I mean, like Jamie Little's late on her calls. Anytime she's talking about something, she like stumbles over. You know why Mike Joy is so good? Because when When's he can see a crash, when he can see a crash at turn seven. He knows immediately who's going around, and he makes it so seamless and so. They good. have all the cameras pointing. Lee Diffie, another person, and another person who's. Good I want to see. Too. I want to see Lee, Lee Diffie on all the road courses that NBC does. I will go to Take the Rick Allen out of the booth. You. Put Lee Diffie in. I yes. would love that. I would love yes. that. One hundred percent. Do that. When if they're not Lee doing Diffie that, they are fucking up somehow. The only way that that's acceptable is if IndyCar's racing in that weekend, and obviously he can't be in two places at one time, but. Lee Diffie did way better than Rick Allen in 2017 when he filled in for him. He should have been replaced then rather than put on the sidelines. The only thing, the only thing is Lee Diffie does a lot of the IMSA and IndyCar. So kind of hard to do that. But when on on weekends, on weekends that they're not racing, bring him in, bring him in. Yeah. Oh, Josh is about to look it up. He's about to okay. figure out which weekends it's not happening. All the road courses, <laughs> the road course weekends that NASCAR has, bring Lee Diffie into the NBC booth and take out Rick Allen. You will see a tremendous upgrade. In Hold on, wait a minute. What I just realized something. So we're, this is going to be another episode that's going to be up on YouTube in some capacity, but we can't even see Josh. Yeah, Josh has been like a cave dweller this whole time. <laughs> he is. Fuck. Hold on one second. <laughs> Bye, Josh. <laughs> Bye, Josh. I hope you find your dad. <laughs> we don't know his dad. He, 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 the mailman he, 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 is kind he, he, of like weird and stupid, too. 
<laughs> my mom's bye buddy i hope you find your dad <laughs> <laughs> well if he's no. gonna go do something i'm gonna i'm gonna go get coffee real quick let's get into it then let's get into it then let's do it <laughs> we had our first discussion about lee diffie replacing rick allen which should totally be a thing for the nbc broadcast on road courses but now we're going to get into our picks for the weekend so we have the dirt track, one of the most famous dirt tracks in America, known as Knoxville. Hold up, hold truck up. I'm gonna just get ready for Knoxville real quick. Yeah, basically. basically. <laughs> he can't even keep his hat on his head because it's gonna be that much of a dumpster fire. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I can see where he's going with this, and yep. it's showing that with two brain cells. They cannot they fight against each other. For the truck series to race in, in Knoxville. That's not, a, it's just not a track they should be on. At least well, not with the way they've been running it. It needs to take be it so back much to Eldora, shorter. Like Tony said in the broadcast. Did you guys, did you guys catch <laughs> yeah. him call out? Yeah, I caught that. Did you guys catch him call out NASCAR with that? I caught that. That was wicked freaking funny. Dude, that was any, hilarious, dude. Anytime, any time, I don't want to go too far off of picks here, but I just want to say last thing. When a driver's in the booth this year, I don't know if you guys watched the driver's only Xfinity race from that was amazing. Um, that was amazing. awesome. Kevin Harvick just absolutely Kevin shitting Harvick. on the whole fucking Fox crew being like, boys, we're literally not even talking about what's showing right now. Like, <laughs> like they were too focused on Noah Gregson, like just pitting. And then they're like, boys, literally, we're going to have a race with Justin Allgaier and Josh Berry. Like, what are you doing? And the whole time, Ryan amazing. Blaney and Joey Logano are like, oh, well, I can't see exactly what, what I want to see here. And Harvick, yeah. like you could hear Harvick muted his mic. He's like, "We're not even fucking showing anything." Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the moments I love, Kevin Harvick. Yeah, yeah. dude. Oh, the, the best, the best was Cindric and Reddick on pit road, though. Oh, that was yeah. amazing. Yeah, that was really that was funny. Just great. shitting on each other the entire time. Yeah, that's all that happened. All they did was shit on each other the entire time. That was great. And you know, which cool. to me, oh, I find God. even funnier when you look at like Tyler Reddick trying to shit on somebody. And it's just yeah. like, you're kind of silly, man. Yeah. yeah. Tyler Reddick, I feel like, just has lost all, like, He has got no balls, dude. Where did he go? Like, dude, he <laughs> got took out three times and is not, like, he'll go kick Cole Custer's ass, but he won't go kick fucking, uh, fucking, uh, what was his name? Chase Briscoe. Briscoe. Guys are laughing at him again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chase Briscoe. That's who it is. Who took him out of Bristol Dirt. Anyways. 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 Speaking Anyways. of dirt. Knoxville, Knoxville, truck series, shit show, picks, CJ, Haley Deegan. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yep, and I have a really legitimate reason as to why. She okay. got that kind of breath of fresh air, though, that she needed. The DGR trucks, they can be quick-ish quick. on the dirt, you know what I mean? But more than that, I think she's starting to figure out what her throttle control and like putting together a long green flag run needs to look like. I do really think she has the talent. I don't think she's just writing her father's name. Same with Leah Block, totally unrelated. But I think that, you know, it's the same genetics. People are really good at certain things because of their genetic build. And so, like, Leah Block is Ken Block's daughter. She's actually, like, destroying people in Rally America right now. Like, donking on them. They grew up close together. I think Haley really does have the talent. My pick's the one. Josh. Uh, I'm going to go Zane Smith. I think, honestly, probably the most exciting talent all right now 
in top three other than Sam Mayer. So I think he'll have a good shot this weekend. I like it. I like it. I'm oh. going to stick with the Fords. Um, oh. Hold on, boys. We fucking missed a huge point of talking. Carson Hosafar breaking his tibia, putting his truck on pole and crashing it to let Daniel Suarez replace him halfway through the race. I, I think, think Carson Hosafar has some real talent, dude. That's well, some badass shit. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's some, that's yeah. some Iron Man type shit. I, I think it's good. Here's where I'm going to just stop short of giving him too much credit just yet. Do I think he will prove me wrong? Yes. However, it's when you return after an injury like that, did you lose your edge or do you still got it? You know what I mean? Like, do you have any sense of fear now or like, are you about it? You know, I think in the next coming weeks, where he starts to heal a little bit more. Well, then we'll I really just, know. I see my thing is right. Like I, I, I watched the lap and I know what, like the, uh, what he broke, what he's injured with. I just wish he didn't fucking like the second he crossed the line, bend it and like, yeah. <laughs> like destroyed. Because I heart. think he would have started <laughs> pole, And then I think you would have seen him stay in. Yeah, I think they called the, it in the broadcast. They only took him out because he was, you know, like yeah. he was already back there. No reason to risk. Can we talk more. about too the fact he broke his tibia on a modern truck, modern day roll cage too. Like that to me, there's there's, there's a thing to stand on there to be like, why are we still doing this steel tube bullshit of a chassis? Like getting off topic. Chris, who's your pick for the truck series? Tanner Gray. Interesting. Why? Interesting. Gut feeling. He's been a little more consistent than anyone else this year, I feel like. This is going to show how little I've been following him. What's his number? 15. 15. He is uh, Haley Deegan's teammate. He's Actually. a DGR truck. Yep. Is Zane um, Smith a DGR truck? No. Well, it's front row, but... Yeah. Well, yeah. Same, the same band. Alliance, probably. Yeah. yeah. Now we're going to get into a fun one here. Because mm-hmm. we talk about NASCAR being all the same cars. We talk about IndyCar being all the same cars. Well, there's one series that does it more with high-profile drivers. Chris, for those that have not watched SRX, could you please explain to our viewers what it is? SRX is a six-week short track summer shootout that takes the likes of all the old-timers that, you know, still got it or think they still got it. And they go out and race cars built by Ray Evernham and his crew in the intelligence that is Ray Evernham when it comes to building cars. And Tony Stewart helps run the league with them and runs the series. And that's why NASCAR does not run at Eldora also. I'll take my cheap shot at NASCAR. But it makes up of 12 to 13 drivers, sometimes 14. And it's high profile, Paul Tracy, Ryan hunter Ray. Bobby Labani, Ryan Newman, uh, Marco Andretti, uh, Michael Waltrip, Greg Biffle, Tony Stewart, obviously racing in it, Tony Kanan, um, Ryan oh, Hunter Ray. He oh, you have your your Tony Kanan. And so, what are Kenseth? Matt everybody? Kenseth. Matt Kenseth is racing. Kenseth. Uh, Bill Elliott is racing. Helio is racing. Dave Blaney. Dave Blaney. Ryan Blaney. Mm-hmm. Deegan's going to race again. Ken Schrader's going to race in there this year. Uh, Chase Elliott, uh, Joseph Newgarden is going to race in there this year. It's going to be absolute insane. So all the cars are identically prepared. The mm-hmm. drivers are allowed to give some um, 
feedback as far as setup changes for tires and track bar. Changes. I believe that's yeah. it. Yep. Nothing else. And each every four cars has a crew chief. Only green flag laps count. There's yep. you know, heat races where they constantly invert and then revert the field to set the feature. The feature is fairly long to the point where tire failure can be a thing. Um, but there's no no caution flag laps count. It's truly goes back to like, you know, what Tony Stewart I think does best. Your local Saturday night short track racing deal. They're at five flag speedway for the opening round. Uh, that track is, is pretty wild in and of itself. Um, I think that's going to get pretty rowdy with these SRX cars. They do have some slight updates to the car. I was able to discern that information this past week. There are some slight changes to the car. You're not really going to notice them, um, you know, from the outside looking in. Design. There's yeah. a lot of, there's more. Uh, there's some aesthetic the, changes. There's aesthetic changes. Yeah. And, um, but there are they're some mechanical the changes in the car. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a little drab last year, but it's colorful. It's a lot of fun. If you, it's a great series, if you've got like you know friends or whatever that are trying yes. to get into racing, watch it, enjoy it. It's and gonna be a lot of fun. If you want to know who is racing this weekend at Fly, Five Flags, confirmed: Paul I Tracy, Ryan Hunter, Ray, Bobby Wavani, Ryan Newman, Marco Andretti, Michael Waltrip. Great. What? Don't say the last name on the list. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. Um, Greg Biffle, Tony Stewart, uh, Tony Kanon, Bubba Pollard, uh, Bill Elliott, and um, that the last one, the last because one, because I'm gonna go with him because I got to meet him at Belle Isle. Oh, really? Oh, I that's did. so cool. That's actually Ernie dope. Francis Jr. is gonna be my pick for the first week out. Ernie Francis is returning to SRX this year in a couple of races, he's only doing the first two. I will take and that. That's a W pick. That is, dude. Uh, okay i met him I, he has such a smile on his face like the entire time like he just looked like he was happy to be racing right mm -hmm. this is what srx is they're just happy to be racing you're taking the youngest or the second youngest driver in the field sorry deegan's the only one younger than him that's going to be in any races this year the second youngest driver that's going to be in the srx field this season probably the most dominant guy in the sport that he came from He's in his first year in Indy Lights. He's already scheduled to make another year in Indy Lights. I honestly think, like, if he does well here, this can re, re kind of like get him going mm -hmm. in Indy Lights again. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, because he's got that Penske backing. I mean, when you think about it, he the Roger road Penske approached him and talked to him yeah. about driving his force Indy car. And yeah. I think he's one of the most, again, another guy that you could see in the Indy car maybe in a couple of years. Absolutely. We'll see it in two to Absolutely. three years. Yeah, we'll see it in two to three years. Uh, another pick, be in a Penske car. My pick, Bubba Pollard. He races the Cars Tour. He's like an insane late model race uh, racer. I think. So he he I think is the local ringer entry. Yeah. So one of the things yeah. that SRX does that's pretty interesting for also those that are kind of getting new to what it is, what that SRX is. SRX uh, has each week a rotating couple of seats. I think this year it's a couple of seats. Last year it was one, but for like, um, if you're a local track champion, um, like let's say for example, uh, Blake Lothian is a friend of mine and Josh's, if he becomes the Hickory track champion and they were to send SRX to run around a Hickory, he'd probably be someone approached to run that car because he's the local expert. So like how much can you be an expert at one particular racetrack we, versus people that are good saw at it last year together? Doug yeah. Kobe won the first race out. 
and yep. SRX. Doug Kobe again, another yeah. guy that came from that same. I mean, like yeah. Bubba Pollard's speed is actually insane. If you follow Matt Weaver on Twitter, mm-hmm. you can get really good updates on late model racing. And that guy's insane at saving his tires, making sure that he's in a rhythm, make sure that he's able to like make the strategy. I think Bubba Pollard could show these these old guys what's up, honestly. Mm. I'm going to smoke. There's a lot of them in the field this weekend. That's a that's a good pick, CJ. Good pick. I just I don't see how you bet against going to be in that field is Newman. No, Marco. <laughs> Marco's racing. Sorry, Marco's uh, racing. So Marco Andretti's going to be the youngest. Damn. Newman's the second youngest. Dude, Ryan it was so Newman's cool a- to see him win last year. I'm not oh, a big yeah. Ryan Newman guy. I don't care for Ryan Newman at all. And like, I, I'd keep I going for Marco think. though. I want to see Marco do well. He deserves to have some sort of success. No, my pick no. is smoke. Oh yeah, I had said it a couple that times. I wasn't sure if you had heard me or not. <laughs> Josh, <makes> pick. <laughs> but yeah, I think smoke because I just don't see how you bet against him. My Canada pick though for Formula. Uh, Formula uh, uh, uh. CJ. Uh. See, I it's hard to pick anyone besides Ferrari or Red Bull. It really is. But my gut still doesn't tell me that's the case. Like that's who's gonna win. I think Lewis Hamilton is going to win. I think Mercedes is racing yet. He might not even race this week. He's gonna race. Toto said he wasn't even sure if Lewis was going to race this week. He's going to race, but like CJ, I'm going to let you take the L on that. There is no way Lewis Hamilton is race winning Canada. You can no you way. can race a car sick. You can race a car with like a with like a messed up finger or messed up hand. You cannot race a car to a win with that type of back spasms going on. There's no way. I think oh. Lewis Hamilton should really look into going to Hollywood before like once he retires. Because I think you guys are underestimating how good of an actor he can also be. Do I think yeah, he's not? We know hurt? how good I of actually, an actor he is. It's I mean, that's, oh, I get he's actually hurt. I could say. I know, but 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 hear me out. I think that this is also going to fuel him. He does best when he thinks he's an underdog, even though he's been the dominant car, and that's where his ego needed to be fed by having Botas as a teammate. He has to feel like he's the underdog team or with the underdog team. Like, hey, we've got something to prove, and he got his first win there. I actually think this that Canada could suit the Mercedes well if they can get at least some of the porpoise out of it straight. and the tires last. <laughs> not that, not that straight. Canada's not as bumpy of a track, though, as you'd think. Canada's fairly smooth. So, like, yes, the car will porpoise, but it's not going to be as exacerbated. It will by be a little bit. The, s- the surface will be a little bit like Barcelona, I'd assume. I think it'll be, at the very least, Mercedes no, will be, Canada's I think, competitive. Still a street but... circuit. Facts. No, that's actually mega facts. It is still street circuit. Joe Villeneuve? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a it is a street circuit. That's a street circuit. Yeah, no, he's right. Pretty sure that's a permanent course. No, it's no. not. It's roads. It's, it's like how Australia it's is. It's a like permanent Melbourne. island. It's a man-made permanent island. Island. I don't think Josh. Can you check that real quick? I, no, it's a it's a legitimate street course. Yeah, I'm I'm like for, I'm almost positive that it is kind of like Belle Isle on circuit. It's like Belle Isle. Like let's find out here. It is public roads. Is Circuit Joville near the street course? Uh, 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 they said it on the broadcast this weekend. It is. Uh, what the fuck? Why is it? Um, it is considered. Yeah, because, yeah, it's a street circus. It's not what? a purpose built racetrack, it's yeah. public streets. That's insane. 
I, did, yeah. I thought Circuit Joe Villeneuve was a permanent road course. No. Well, no, because it kind of makes sense because the Brit, like the way that the whole circuit's kind of laid out, it's like its own island. So, but like it's kind of like how Newburyport is Cedar. It's kind of on like, or maybe not Newburyport, but like you just go. No, in I know, I know what you're talking. About. I, I get it. Yeah, you just go in from the bridge and then you're there. It's like Belle Isle, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Chris, who's oh. your pick for that Formula One race? Uh, who's yours? Carlos Sainz. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say, it. yo. Literally, look at this man. I think he can do it. I think so. He I can, but uh, I don't believe in the Ferrari reliability. Well, when you think about it now, they're going to have new power units for this weekend. So, I mean, hopefully they're a little bit bulletproof. I mean, and plus it is round six or round seven, I think, of the championship right now. So you're only allowed three engines of the year out of a 23 race. I don't know how good of a... I mean, that kind of sets up Ferrari bad for later in the season because they'll have to take mm. some engine penalties. Well, I mean, Red Bull's going to have to, too. So, If they if Red Bull grenades another motor, they're now in the same boat as Ferrari. Yeah. They're just about evened out. Well, when you think about it, didn't Red Bull have the double DNF in Bahrain? Yeah, they had a double DNF in Bahrain. So they both have at least one double DNF. Mm-hmm. They're, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it happens, they, they took care way. of that in the first three races. And then after that, you know, Red Bull's been on full song the entire time. Yep. And Ferrari has not since then. So, Josh, who was your F1 pick? My F1 pick Carlos Sainz. Carlos, Carlos Sainz. Fifth of that. Uh, What's yours, hey, Carlos Sainz? Hey, hey, Chris. I am a driver for Ferrari. And I am a smooth apurito. <laughs> well, I'm gonna ride the wave of the Mexican hype train and I'm take it for a second week in a row. Sergio Perez! Viva La Checo! Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> Viva la Checo! Go Sergio! Si, 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 Vamos, vamos, vamos! Vamos! I love how we all got hyped for that, too. Dude, that dude, if you don't get hyped for Sergio Perez... Oh, dude, it's You're Sergio. doing something it's wrong. Viva la Checo! <laughs> See, that's why I, I like Carlos Sainz, too, because how... Carlos Sainz is the younger Perez, and it's vamos, vamos. I like it. Do you know what vamos means, Josh? Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What up? Took Spanish for three years, bitch. <laughs> Josh is like, high school was the best five years of my life, huh? Yes, How was it for you, huh? Super senior. <laughs> Let's go. You know how Jimmy... Five in a row. I had five straight years in a row at high school, bitch. What up? Okay. All right. Now we'll get ready for four years of college for your associate's degree. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so this is, this is what I've been waiting for. It's like the brotherly love is going to come out more and more. It, it'll happen. Right, little bitch? Great. Yeah. I'll have an associate's before you do, though. Pinky out on that, motherfucker. I was going to say, um, that backfired pretty quick. 
Daniel Suarez from Mexico. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's a great way to end it. Clip me, baby, one more time. I think this was the most we've ever been on the chip so far. Oh, great. by the way, did you hear that they mentioned that in the uh, truck yes, broadcast? Yes, I said that earlier. I said that earlier. They said on the chip. Yeah, twice. The chip. It's pretty on the chip of them to say on the chip. Yeah, I was quite on the chip of them to say Mm. on the chip. Mm. That'll end this week's episode. CJ, Josh, as always. Anyways. Was fun. Was fun. Was fun. Daniel Suarez from Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) 